Are you the type of person to find a solution yourself or would you prefer to leave it to someone else? Can you think of a time when a person gave you a half-assed or bullshit solution to a problem? Is there anything to be said for a partial solution? What is an example of a stopgap solution to, I don't know, floods or speeding? And have you ever come across a silver bullet? Or are you the kind of person who uses a sledgehammer to crack a nut? Good morning, humans of the world. Maybe even another planet if my reach is that far. My name is Ronan, and welcome to the Little Seal English Podcast. And if you haven't guessed, in today's episode, we're going to focus on the word solution. How to use solution in English. So the agenda for this podcast is as follows. First, we're just going to look at some common collocations with solution. Then we're going to do a deep dive into a half-assed, bullshit or inadequate solution. After that, we're looking at a stopgap or a temporary solution. Then a partial solution. And at the very end, we're going to wrap it up with some idioms related to solution. So buckle up, motherfuckers. It's time to learn some real English. As I said, we're going to start off with the... Common collocations for the word solution. And I think the most common collocation there is, is to find. You know, we need to find a solution. We have to find a solution. If we work together, I think we can find a solution. We're trying to find a solution. Try is also quite common. Try to find a solution. Oh, my team are trying to find a solution right now. Well, we tried to find a solution for six hours, but it was impossible. So when you're in the process of finding solution, you could also say work on a solution, the phrasal verb. Don't worry, boss. Our team is working on a solution as we speak. Don't worry, boss. Our team is finding a solution as we speak. And when you say you're finding a solution, in my opinion, it's more optimistic and confident as opposed to working on a solution. Working on a solution, I don't know, it just doesn't have the same panache to it. So find and work on a solution. You're actively working on a solution right now. We're actively finding a solution right now. So... We have to think about the types of solutions that we find. You know, take a moment and think about different types of solutions you've come across in your life. Can you think of any collocations with the word solution in your language? Like I said there, you know, we find a solution. At the very start of the podcast, I mentioned a partial solution. I mentioned a bullshit solution. So maybe take a moment and on paper or just in your head, I don't know, write down different ways that you use the word solution. And now we're going to focus on just a bunch of different collocations 
for a solution. And essentially, I've broken it up into an effective, practical, quick, permanent, innovative, comprehensive, and more. So just to kick it off, effective solution. Well, if you have an effective solution, it is a solution that is capable of producing the desired results. Smith came up with a pretty effective solution. I can't take the credit. And let's be honest, folks. Don't you ever take the credit for someone else's solution. It's horrible. Have you ever had that happen to you? Where someone took the credit for your work? Like, imagine there is an issue at work and you provide an effective solution, but, I don't know, your supervisor takes the credit. Frustrating, eh? Next, we're looking at practical solution. And a practical solution is a solution that is feasible and realistic. Today in class, one of the students was talking about Armageddon. Fantastic movie. I think it was 98, I think. I could be wrong. Um, But in that movie, there's an asteroid heading towards Earth. And they have a practical solution of sending a bunch of oil rig workers to space to try and protect the Earth and destroy said asteroid. Now, I'm not going to give it away, but let's be honest. That's not a very practical solution to an asteroid heading towards Earth. So a practical solution is a solution that is feasible and realistic. It is not feasible and it is not realistic to send a bunch of random average Joes to space to dig a hole in an asteroid. It's just not feasible. It is not practical at all. What might be more practical? I don't know. Send in a rocket. Something like that. I'm not an engineer. A practical solution is the key word for that. Feasible and realistic. So you always want a practical solution. Smith came up with a solution, but it wasn't very practical. Fire him right now. Number three, a quick solution. You know, sometimes you just need a quick and dirty solution. It might not be the best solution in the world, but if it's quick, it's good. And a quick solution would imply that it is something that can be implemented rapidly and effectively. So your quick solution, not really a solution because it's not practical. But he has an effective quick solution, so let's implement that one instead. It has to be implemented rapidly and efficiently. So if you are working in emergency response, you're going to need a lot of quick solutions to complex problems. Or if you're working in disaster relief, if it's your job to go into an area that has been affected by a natural disaster, you're going to need some quick solutions to major problems. Permanent solution is another collocation, and that would just suggest that it's long-lasting and not temporary. We need a permanent solution, not a temporary solution. I don't want a six-month solution. I want a permanent solution. Let's let's put this issue to bed tonight. Put this to bed. I do love that phrase. 
That's when you're going to finish something and it's like you're done with it. Like you're putting a baby to bed and afterwards you're pretty happy because you can like relax and stuff. So we need a permanent solution. I want to put this to bed tonight. We need a permanent solution. We can't let this problem come up again. If we do not get a permanent solution to this problem, our children are going to have to deal with it in the future. Why would we leave this issue to them? Come up with a permanent solution. The next one was sustainable. Sustainable solution. And that collocation implies that the solution is environmentally friendly and economically feasible over the long term. Nowadays, a lot of companies are being forced to come up with sustainable solutions to problems and it's good. Let's be honest, for so long the world did not give a damn about sustainability and any solution we implemented would have caused major catastrophic issues somewhere else. So if you're looking at a sustainable solution, it is economically feasible and environmentally friendly. I think the economically feasible part is key. The richer you are, the easier it is to find a sustainable solution to an issue, in my opinion. You have the money to invest in sustainable features, which are generally more expensive than non-sustainable options, for instance. We might use economically feasible for a business, for a country, for instance. Now, personally speaking, I wouldn't use that to talk about my own bank balance. I would say financially, financially feasible. For instance, I'd love to go on holidays, but right now it's just not financially feasible. I can't afford it right now. I'm not going to say economically feasible for myself, but financially feasible for myself. So is there anything right now that is financially feasible for you, although it might be easier to think of things that are not financially feasible. It is not financially feasible to eat meat seven days a week in Canada right now because meat is absolutely expensive. But let's get back to the topic of sustainable solution. Another thing I also said was environmentally friendly. And that is mahoosive, folks. Mahoosive, slang way of saying massive. Very slang, don't say it. I don't know why I said it. If something is environmentally friendly, it doesn't do damage to the environment. It's very self-explanatory. And these days, we want environmentally friendly solutions to issues. We want sustainable solutions to issues. For instance... If a company needs to dispose of waste, we want it to be done in an environmentally and sustainable, friendly way. We want it to be done in a sustainable fashion so that nothing gets damaged. That is what we mean by environmentally friendly solution, a sustainable solution. So sustainable, feasible, over the long term, economically, and environmentally friendly. Moving on to innovative solution. Can you think of anyone you work with 
that is absolutely brilliant at thinking outside the box? Is there anyone you know that can get creative with a solution? Because if you do, they are innovative. An innovative solution is a new, original, creative, inventive solution. Something that not too many people would think of. For instance, have you heard of the Solar Road Kit? Well, the Solar Road Kit, ladies and gentlemen and people, is a program where people are turning roads into giant solar panels with the idea of capturing as much sunlight and moonlight as possible while also keeping it damage resistant and sturdy. Essentially, there are people in the Netherlands attempting to convert roads into solar panels, which is insane and beautiful and a very innovative solution to getting electricity. That's one example. There's another company in the USA that are putting some crystals into asphalt that will, like when compressed or when a weight goes over them, like a car or a truck, it would produce kinetic energy that is then collected and harnessed, I would say, to harness electricity. So there are two examples of innovative solutions to sourcing electricity. Now, another one I was talking about was a comprehensive solution. Yes, comprehensive. And a comprehensive solution is a solution that just uh, achieves everything. You know, absolutely everything. It addresses all aspects of a problem are an issue. Let's be real. Sometimes you find a solution, however it's not comprehensive. It's going to piss some people off. Have you ever had to come up with a solution that was good for A but bad for B? That's not very comprehensive. Comprehensive is when it's good for A and good for B at the same time. Oh wow, Ronan, that is a comprehensive solution. Well done. I used ChatGPT to come up with a comprehensive solution for the conflict at work. We worked for a very long time and came up with a comprehensive solution that we think everyone will be pleased about. The client is happy we presented such a comprehensive solution. Well done, team. Now, folks, your job is to go back and listen to those again. Try to make some examples of the different types of solutions. Number one, effective. Number two, practical. Number three, quick. Four, permanent. Five, sustainable. Six, innovative. Seven, comprehensive. Seven, sexy collocations for the word solution. Now... There are times when we find great uh, solutions, like effective and comprehensive solutions. And let's be honest, folks, there are times when someone suggests a solution that makes you wonder if they woke up this morning and decided to have meth for breakfast. What do you call that type of solution? A useless solution. A terrible solution. Are there any ways that you call it in your language and do they translate to English? That's what I want to know. But right now, we're going to focus on an inadequate, a half-assed, or a bullshit solution. 
Yes, we're going to talk about the negatives. You know, before or in the first 10 or 15 minutes, we spoke about the positive solutions. Let's get into the negatives and we'll kick it off with inadequate. Inadequate is more formal than the other two, as you can imagine. And it just implies that a solution is not capable of fully addressing a problem or an issue. For instance, I'm sorry, Ronan, this is another inadequate solution, you're fired. He always proposes inadequate solutions. I think we need to fire him. I can't come up with an adequate solution that everyone will be happy with. It's impossible to help everyone. Someone is not going to be happy with the solution. Someone will always think that this is an inadequate solution. So inadequate is a formal or a more professional way of talking about a bad solution. You know, don't say it was terrible, just say it was inadequate. It's, it's not what we're looking for right now. But thanks for the effort. Get the fuck out, you're fired. For instance. Now, between a half-ass solution and a bull si- bullshit solution is some difference. Neither of these are suitable for the workplace or formal places. I mean, it depends, I guess. It depends where you work. But generally speaking, don't say these at work. A half-assed solution can actually be used as a way to encourage people to work harder. You know, like a bit of tough love. Come on, Ronan, you can do better than that. That's a half-assed solution. Go back to the drawing board and come up with something better. A half-assed solution is probably less than half of what a solution is. So it's a start. But someone didn't put a lot of effort into coming up with it. It's like a lazy solution. And yes, whilst I said it can be used to motivate people with tough love, it is generally negative, of course. You know, if you come up with one more half-ass solution, you're fired. This better not be another half-ass solution, Ronan. What's happening? Do not ask Ronan for help. He only comes up with half-assed solutions, the lazy bastard. So a half-assed solution is a solution that someone did not put a lot of effort into. Half-assed is so versatile. That was a half-assed essay you submitted. That was a half-assed presentation. Let's be real. How long did you spend on it? So half-assed can be used for a wide range of things and a half-assed solution is a solution with very little energy, thought or effort put into it. Now, something that is worse than a half-assed solution could be a bullshit solution and that's never good. A bullshit bullshit solution is not something that's ever going to be viable. A half-assed solution has some potential at least, but a bullshit solution is a no-go. It is very difficult to say bullshit solution so many times in a row. Ronin came up with a bullshit solution, it would never work. A bullshit solution might be a solution that you personally dislike, and as a result of not liking it, you call it a bullshit solution. That is a bullshit solution and you know it. In parts of the USA, some teachers are armed with guns in case of a school shooter coming in. That is a bullshit solution to a very complex problem. 
a bullshit solution might be a very short-term solution that may cause more trouble in the future. You know, that's a bullshit solution. And that will cause way more issues in the future. I think we need something different. Are you serious? That's your idea. That is an absolute bullshit solution. And you know it. It is going to fail. As I said, a bullshit solution is also one you do not personally agree with. I can actually recall a time when a family friend of mine were at the wrong end of a bullshit solution. Long story short, the local town council were building a new road and they wanted to build the road right through their house. So they were essentially going to buy the house off the family and they'd have to move. It's called eminent domain when a uh, government or official body legally seizes private land. And they were going to enact eminent domain to get these people out of their house so they could build a road through it. So the family obviously thought that was a bullshit solution to the traffic problems in my hometown. They had a court case. The road was diverted. So that was an interesting one. All right. That was a bullshit solution. Now, a lot of people might have said, that is a good solution. That is an effective solution. However, this family did not agree, and in their eyes, it was a bullshit solution. So it's very important. If someone says it's a bullshit solution, you need to examine, is it bullshit for them? Or is it bullshit for everyone? Just keep that in mind. Moving on from those negative ones, we're going to have a talk about a stop gap and a temporary solution. And, you know, there are times when a person can come up with a solution, but it's not going to do forever. It's a start and it'll give you more time to work on a long term solution. But this solution that you have it's more stopgap than anything. Give it maybe six months and we'll have to do it again. So both of these solutions are not permanent. They are not designed to be long term. They are designed for the short term. They are designed to address a problem immediately to quickly fix it or usually quickly fix it. But with the idea that it will be replaced. But ladies... And gentlemen and people, do not underestimate the power of a stopgap or a temporary solution. Can you think of a time when you were at work and had to come up with a quick fix to a problem? Can you think of a time when everyone relied on you to come up with a stopgap solution to something? You know, I can think of a time when I was a kid. I was camping with the scouts. I was about 15 or 16 years old, maybe. We went wild camping. Wild camping. I love it. It's when you go camping without a tent. You bring a big plastic tarp, some ropes, some um, uh, some pegs with the idea of making a temporary shelter for the night. And you know, we built a pretty goddamn good shelter, I will say. We found a nice area. We put the plastic tarp or plastic sheet up. You know, we had it connected to a couple of trees. So it was like a makeshift tent. Anyways, in the middle of the night, I woke up and it was raining. Yeah, it was raining. 
It was raining under the tarp, under the plastic sheet. So obviously, there's the problem. The problem was right above my head. I don't know what happened, but there was now a hole right above my head and the water was just drip, 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 drip onto my face into our dry area. So, I came up with a nifty, temporary, or stopgap solution by stitching it closed with a shoelace. Yes. I used a knife to make holes and feed my shoelace through the plastic in order to close it shut. It wasn't a perfect solution. It wasn't a permanent solution. But it was a stopgap solution. It was a quick solution. It was a very temporary solution. And it got me through till morning. And that's all that matters with a stopgap solution. You're not looking for something to change the world. You're just looking for something to buy you time. Here's some more examples. Number one. Hey guys, I have a temporary solution. It'll do for now and give us time to think of a more permanent solution. Two. I may have a stopgap solution for the issue. It can buy us time to work on a more concrete solution. Three. This stopgap solution may be what we can use until we come up with a more practical one, that is. Four. Yeah, it's certainly more of a stopgap solution than a permanent one, but, but it'll do for now. Five. It's not a bad start. This will be a good temporary solution. In the meantime, uh, we will continue to work on more long-term solutions. You know, another way to say all of these is a band-aid solution. It's more or less the same. You can imagine a te temporary solution, a stopgap solution, maybe more formal or academic than a band-aid solution. And band-aid solution is more American, so just keep that in mind. Now, I mentioned, um, what was it, stopgap quite a bit. And, you know, it's interesting because I think we need to talk about stopgap a little bit more. Because it can be used as a noun and it can be used as an adjective. And it's more than just for a solution. You know, stopgap is used to refer to something that is temporary or provides temporary solution to a problem. So, as a noun, we need to find a stopgap for the leak in roof. Like, let's imagine there's a leak in your roof. You know, first things first, figure out where it is and stop it, no matter what. And the first thing you do is not going to be your permanent solution. It's a stopgap. And I, you don't even need to say solution. We need to find a stopgap for the leaking roof. The new manager was brought in as a stopgap to handle the workload during the busy season. This is quite common um, at Christmas. A lot of businesses will hire new staff as a stopgap to handle the workload. You know, things get busy at Christmas over here. And so we need a stopgap. Let's hire five new people only for the Christmas holidays. Another example could be the government implemented a stopgap measure to address the economic crisis. A stopgap measure, a stopgap solution to address the economic crisis. Now, in that one there, you wouldn't even need to say measure. You could just say the government implemented a stopgap to address the economic crisis. 
you know, we use it as an adjective, a stopgap solution, a stopgap team, a stopgap manager. A stopgap solution for the homeless population was a makeshift shelter. Makeshift shelter. That's another hard word to say together. Two hard words, I mean. All you need to know, folks, stopgap is used to indicate a temporary or interim measure or solution that is put in place that allows you time, that buys you time to get a more permanent solution sorted. And now we shall talk about a partial solution. So a partial, P-A-R-T-I-A-L, is a solution that only addresses some aspects of a problem, but not all of them. It is quite different to temporary. Temporary will sol- will solve everything. Stopgap will solve everything, only for a short time. Partial will not solve everything. It might solve one issue permanently, but not all of them. So a partial solution is a solution that doesn't work 100%, but say 70% of your problems are solved. You still need to think of something for the other 30 temporary solution will a hun- will will solve 100% of your problems for a short time number 1 it's a partial solution it will help us with x but not with y that's a good start let's build on that partial solution to see if we can come up with a more comprehensive solution 3 Yeah, we're currently building on Johan's partial solution. It was good, but needed some fine-tuning. Oh, that's a sexy phrase. Fine-tuning. Fine-tuning is when you make, like, small adjustments to something in order to achieve the best or desired performance. So a person might have a partial solution, but with a bit of fine-tuning, it could be a perfect solution. So fine Tuning. Usually used for like machines or something. You know, if you're working on a car engine, it needs to be fine tuned. So there you go. And you. It's also often used in mathematics, a partial solution. You know, if a person finds a partial solution to a math problem, they can start working on uh, the remaining parts to arrive at a complete solution. That is something I can absolutely not relate to a partial solution in mathematics bitch i couldn't even get the p in partial like i swear to god i was horrendous at mathematics of course if you listen to this podcast you already know about my hatred for mathematics and how it was impossible for even ronin to come up with even a partial solution to an equation oh god i hate math i don't know why i included that example It just triggered me. It made me angry thinking about it. All right, let's get back to it. One way you might want to introduce a partial idea or a partial solution is with I think. I think I have a partial solution to this problem. Now, the reason why we say I think is because it's not something to be overly proud of. You know, it's good, but it ain't a comprehensive solution. So as a result, you're not going to shout, 
I have a partial solution. I'm and I amazing. You're probably going to say, well, guys, I think I got a uh, partial solution here. Let's see. And, you know, it'll give others an opportunity to work on it. So when you have a partial solution, maybe not be overly excited for it. It, you know, just depends, really. Now, overall, folks, a partial solution can be incredibly helpful in breaking down complex problems into more manageable pieces. And, you know, if you have a huge problem, you might want to car compartmentalize it. You know, put the different aspects into different compartments and deal with them one by one. So you might see a problem and you can identify five different aspects of the problem. Well, you're going to break into a team of into separate teams and each of you is going to come up with a partial solution to the overall problem. That's what we mean by partial. So they can be quite useful in breaking down problems into manageable pieces. So a partial solution is still quite valuable. All right. Oh, all right. We are going to wrap this podcast up looking at some idioms related to solution. And the first one is a silver bullet. Yes. A silver bullet is a solution to a problem that solves it in a very simple, easy and efficient way. A silver bullet is a solution that is flawless. A silver bullet is the weapon that is used to kill werewolves. Did you know that? I think that's where the origins come from. But let's be honest. A silver bullet is like a magic solution that solves everything it doesn't really exist all right team i'm afraid there is no silver bullet to this problem we're gonna have to work late tonight i don't know how you did it but you came up with a silver bullet congratulations folks there's no such thing as a silver bullet and that is how we often use it Look, you keep chasing a silver bullet. You have to realize there is no silver bullet. We're going to need a combination of partial solutions to figure this bitch out. For instance, there's no such thing as a silver bullet. Ugh, do not ask John to work with you. He's there searching for a silver bullet that doesn't exist while the rest of us are here trying to actually figure out the problem. So, a silver bullet... A magic bullet that solves everything. The next idiom is to not be out of the woods. Yes. If you are working with people on a problem and you are getting close to solving the problem, you're not there yet, but you're very, very close to solving it. You can say, stay focused. We're not out of the woods yet. And that means that you've gotten close to a solution. Or maybe you even just solved it, but it's not 100% finished yet. You still need to be careful because it might still fuck up somehow. For instance, okay, we implemented the solution, but we're not out of the woods yet. We have to monitor it and make sure it goes according to plan. Careful, folks. We're not out of the woods yet. Yes, the hardest part is over, but don't lose focus now. 
This is an idiom or expression that I actually use quite a bit because did you know I like to spend some time in the mountains driving on mountain roads and um, there are times when we're driving down a mountain road and we need to be careful. It's quite slippery. There's ice. At this time of year, there's ice and mud and snow and rain all combined. I hate mud season, but the car can easily slide and you can easily get stuck. So we take it easy when we drive down the hill. We keep it in a low gear. We do not let the car go very fast. And even when, even when we get past the steepest hills or the most dangerous part of the road, we usually say, we're not out of the woods yet. There's about a kilometre left, but let's not lose focus now. You know, it's a common idiom to use when people are getting tired or sloppy towards the end of something. You can use it to hopefully get people to stay focused or maybe to get a second wind. All right, everyone. I know we're winning the game, but we're not out of the woods yet. We have 10 minutes left to hold on. Stay focused, team. So, if you're not out of the woods yet, your problem is not 100% solved yet. Love it. Absolutely love it. I would genuinely use it when I'm hiking, figuratively and like, literally, that was the word that just slipped my mind. Because... When we go hiking, we usually start in a forest and end in a forest, or a woods, as it's called. And, you know, we usually hike to the top of a mountain. There can be some precarious parts or some issues on the hill, some steep and dangerous parts. But honestly, a lot of injuries happen on the last kilometer because people are sloppy. You know, people lose focus. They're tired after a hike, and it's quite easy to roll or twist an ankle. So I will say to my friends, careful, we're not out of the woods yet. We're not back at camp yet. Don't get hurt now. It's the worst when that happens. I I mean, I guess it's not the worst, but it's pretty shit when it happens. And the last idiom that we're going to look at is my kind of solution to a problem, folks. Using a sledgehammer to crack a nut. Oh yeah, I love sledgehammers. Sledgehammer is a big hammer. A big hammer used for smashing shit. And a nut is just like something that you eat. And sometimes you need to crack a nut open. You know, you need to crack the shell. And you can't really do it with your hands. These things are jammed shut. They're tight. So you usually use a, a nutcracker. If you don't have a nutcracker, you might step on it. If you don't have your shoes on, you might put it in the in a door and close a door on it or something like that. However, if you're like me, you're going to go and get yourself a sledgehammer. Now, can you imagine the mess that you would have if you smashed a nut open with a sledgehammer? I mean, there are infinite other ways to open a nut. That ladies and gentlemen, is overkill. To use a sledgehammer to crack a nut is overkill. It is way too much. It is when a person is using a measure that is way stronger than necessary in order to solve a problem. If there's a protest in the street, the government can send 
the riot police in. And that might work. It might calm people down. But if they send the military in, oh, they're using a sledgehammer to crack a nut. That is way above and beyond. Way too strong a measure. Or maybe it's like when you see the videos of a police chase. And there might be 50 police officers chasing two people. That is an example of using a sledgehammer to crack a nut. Too much and unnecessary, essentially, is what that means. Now, I mentioned I love using a sledgehammer to crack a nut. Why? Because I'm six foot one. I'm big. I played rugby. I like breaking things. But that's just me. Okay, ladies and gentlemen and dogs and cats and people and giraffes and elephants and whatever you may be, thank you for listening. My name is Ronan. This is the Little Seal English Podcast. Today's podcast was all about solution. We looked at a partial solution, a stopgap or a temporary solution. We looked at a bullshit, an inadequate or a half-assed solution. We had seven collocations, effective, practical, quick, permanent, sustainable, innovative and comprehensive solution. We looked at how in the Netherlands and parts of the USA they're using roads to generate electricity and we learned that you have to find a solution and work on a solution. (sighs) And now I'm hungry and I'm gonna go eat some dinner. That's what I'm gonna do. The problem is my belly has no food. The solution is in the fridge. So folks, thank you for listening. I hope you're happy. I hope you're healthy. I hope you're kicking ass and taking names. And most of all, just be cool, folks. Catch you soon.